This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Z Nation After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 9, The Water Keepers. We're going to be breaking down the episode, and guys, we have a very special guest joining us in studio tonight, so stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Excellent pick on the intro to our wonderful yeah. guest. Thank you. Oh, we were, yeah, we were sitting here going like, what do we want to start with tonight? And I feel like you hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome back to the Z Nation After Show. We're going to be breaking down the water keepers. Let's not waste any time. I'm Megan Salinas. To my left is Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. And joining us in studio tonight is our very, very special guest, the writer and director of this episode, Jen Durrington. Hello, everyone. A returning guest star champion for this episode. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? I am doing well, thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. Well, we are happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure getting to chit-chat with you. Thank you. Uh, sadly, Michelle Cullen could not be here with us tonight, but guys, go ahead on Twitter, follow her, and send her your well wishes, because we miss her a lot. She'll be back uh, for the next recap show, but in the meantime, send her messages, let her know how much you love her. She's tracking down saboteurs. She's busy. So <laughs> many saboteurs! Saboteurs! <laughs> Can we just say that saboteur is such a fun word yeah. to yell? <laughs> and then just watching someone screaming it over and over again in the cold open of the episode. It's just yeah. like, you okay, bro? Yeah. You all right? Yeah. That was the, that was the toned down version. Really? <laughs> I'm just joking. But it was, it was like, yeah, there was, there was a lot more yelling that, that we edited out, but that was in the script. So he did do it. It was written, but. In the end, you don't need as much of that as you think you might have. I, was he just yelling for like 10 minutes straight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> at, at, at the end, yeah. All the yous. You, you, you. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off. Uh, Katie, what did you think of this episode initially? I enjoyed this episode. I actually really liked that we hearkened back to, was it season one or season two that had the Grand Canyon episode? Season three. Season two. Oh, two? it was season two. It was two. season two. Yes. Murphy what was, day is it? I believe <laughs> it was Murphy was still blue. That's where my, my wires got crossed. Yeah, it was. It was actually um, an episode that we had originally intended to to shoot season one, and then it weren't didn't work out for season one, so we brought it back for for season two. Um, yeah, because we, we it was an episode we all really liked and weren't able to shoot the first season for various reasons. I actually can't remember what the reasons were, <laughs> but um, yeah, we wanted to bring it back for for season two. 
Yeah, I, I love that it came back around. I love that we got to see all of these characters again. I I like seeing minor characters survive in this apocalypse. Yeah. I like running into them again because aside from sketchy and skeezy, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, usually when characters part ways, we never get to see them again. Or like if we do, it's yeah, it's only because those characters are so conniving and underhanded that they are the cockroaches. Exactly, that survive. Exactly. the cockroaches oh. <laughs> for sure. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's really nice not only getting a throwback to uh, that really really fun episode from season two, which I am so glad you guys decided to come back and film, even though there wasn't room for it in season one. I'm so glad you guys ended up doing it yeah. because it's one of the most memorable episodes of the series, and it's one of the most fun. Yeah, uh, a lot of humanity for Murphy in that episode too. That's true. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's nice seeing characters come back after a good long while. It's mm-hmm. it's nice to be reunited. Yeah, and this has been uh, a season of a lot of reuniting, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to do too. Um, yeah, just to find out for us, figure out what happened to those characters, and also to bring back the actors, you know, that we like to work with. That's that's really fun as well. Yeah. I imagine it's kind of a fun challenge, too, going, like, sitting down and figuring out, like, okay, what have these characters been up to since mm-hmm. we last saw them? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And especially because we've, you know, we've jumped ahead in time. Um, who has made it up to Numerica and why and, and, and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun way to... Um, yeah, kind of explore explore the whole world in terms of like, well, who is it that actually made it up there? Yeah. Before we get too far into this week's episode, we have a quick announcement for you guys. Hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channels, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. However, they do let you know exactly when we go live, so, uh, perks. (laughs) So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. I think this is the point where we generally plug the animation channel, too, because that's where we live. Highly recommend the animation channel for some gorgeous faces on that network. Yeah, it's almost like the next season of Ultron is dropping in two weeks. Ooh, go check that out. Mm. And for you guys watching uh, this episode live, we've got you guys covered on the live chat, and we're also going to be keeping an eye, as always, on the hashtag ABTVZNation. So let us know what you guys thought of tonight's episode. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and dig into this because we pick up right where we left off. Yep. I can't like it. I always we we always joke that like Doc is always going to be fine. Like we have to hang on to that hope mm-hmm. because if Doc dies, there's no hope for this apocalypse. I think we've pretty much hit the point of if Doc dies, we riot. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that goes for all of us. <laughs> 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 You're like, here is my resignation. Yes. Good day to you, sir. Yes. I said good day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so when we end the last episode on a cliffhanger of him getting shot, like that is definitely a huge hook for coming into this episode for sure. Yeah. 
And yeah, we pick up right where we left off, and that is Doc and 10K being apprehended next to a talker screaming that he's a saboteur. Saboteur! <laughs> Good French on that guy, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did he did a great job. I mean, that was pretty much the performance he gave in the audition, and I was just like, yep, that's, that's a guy. <laughs> he was just supposed to be, you know kind of weird and out there and you know whatever they had done to his brain had scrambled him even more and yeah I, I just wanted that kind of outrageous performance that just puts Doc and 10k in, in that situation of like what the have we gotten into <laughs> and uh, Nat's performance in this episode I think is kind of a standout uh, for a number of reasons and one of which I think is just the great delivery on the eh, like yeah, quick kicking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. Just starting with that, and then throughout the episode, um, you get to see what a great physical actor Nat is, and what a great like physical comedian he is when he's doing, you know, Doc marionetting him, and also him doing, you know, his impression of Doc that I just thought <laughs> yeah. was spot on. This is one of those episodes where it's really great to have it later in the season or in later seasons because these characters and these actors have been together for so long that they can very easily pick up each other's mannerisms and it's just I don't think this would have worked nearly as well in say season one or season two but here after they've been together forever Mm -hmm. it is a perfect performance yeah I I agree I agree yeah definitely where did the idea come from? Where, was it just you guys were in the writer's room and you were like, hey, you know it would be funny to have Nat do an impression of Russell? Is that sort of where that idea came from or how did that come about? Well, I mean, we started off with this idea of, um, you know, for lack of a better term that we could not come up with, the, the, the spirit walking thing. And it was it kind of came out of the the practical um, needs of the episode in that... Uh, 10k gets knocked out by the saboteur who gets inside inside the dam and doc is the one who finds him but doc is in spirit form and so you know we were originally working it out going okay and then doc frees 10k like untice him and then we were like wait a second (laughs) he's not actually there (laughs) he can't untie him and so it just kind of developed from there we're like okay well then he tries to move, you know, kind of just kind of thought out what would happen. It's like, well, okay, he he somehow possesses him and, and you know, drives him from, from the inside for, you know, hashtag Z Nation science reasons. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did start off as like, well, he just goes in there to rescue him. And then we're like, wait, he can't actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to rescue. He's going to have him rescue himself. Yeah. That's how this works. That's that's how that works. And so and then just in the writing of it, it's like, well, you know, what is what does he sound like? You know, and we even recorded, you know, obviously we recorded Nat Nat's dialogue on the day when we were when we were shooting it and then when we were uh recording the ADR I had Russell do the same lines and we played a little bit with mixing their voices and then it just ended up on that last line oh to be 20 again which I think was kind of spot on <laughs> that, that's when you hear Doc's voice the most but um, we didn't really need it before that because 10k was doing or Nat was doing such a great Doc impression but yeah it sort of developed even through post about how much they were melded 
how much yeah that must have been fun from or or exceedingly difficult from a sound design standpoint i say fun but like no it takes a lot of work to get it to it sound does take a lot perfect. of work but that's kind of you know what makes it fun too is is uh solving those solving the puzzle yeah solving mm-hmm. the puzzle exactly yeah so uh, we we noticed a couple of familiar sights uh, while we were uh, while we were watching this episode. the The crux of this episode takes place at the dam, mm-hmm. and this was filmed in Spokane. It was. So it was one of those things where we were like, "This dam looks familiar." Mm-hmm. And- We've been there. <laughs> Now, uh, that's kind of a little bit outside of sort of the main central hub where you guys film. So was it cool, like, getting to explore another another location and getting to sort of utilize yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, both this kind of interior of the dam and what ended up being the, the exterior of the dam where uh, George fights... Um, the saboteur were well the the exterior was like right in the middle of Spokane and the interior was the upriver dam in Spokane so it was still technically in Spokane just up the up the river a little ways and yeah inside um a working dam the turbine room where we shot uh Chief Eddie and the saboteur fighting was you know working at the time so like super loud everyone was wearing earplugs and yelling at each other and we had to record all the dialogue separately and for for the bit where um Kirk is talking to her dad when he's dying we built a set um so we could you know actually hear what they were saying um and then but that dam's been there forever so then they had that lower part which is where 10k gets gets caught and just all these i mean they had like these dank dark <laughs> places that we didn't even get to shoot because we were like, well, I'm going to shoot as much of this as I can, but we couldn't shoot all of it. And it was just really cool looking stuff. So yeah, it was awesome. And then we intended, you know, for that last scene with George and the saboteur to be the kind of classic, like, at the top of a very big (laughs) dam with a long fall. And we just, we couldn't get permission from any of the dams that were in our our, uh, production radius to, to shoot on top of their uh their dam so really? we shot the dam scene yeah um one of one of the one that i really wanted to shoot out that was sort of like you know the picture of my mind um was they were under like renovation or construction so they were like no no one's we don't we're not even allowing tours so they wouldn't let okay. us film there but i think it turned out well um yeah you still get the whole um idea of you know no, it, it was extremely picturesque, oh, yeah. especially with the angle of the sun and the silhouette, you know, yeah. as they're fighting toe to toe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's fighting an undead ninja. <laughs> I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That's how much of a badass she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So was would you say that the um, the fight scenes were the most difficult uh, aspect of filming these episodes or or is it just kind of working in the conditions of the dam with all the sound noise? The, the noise, sound the, noise, yeah. The sound <laughs> noise. Yep. <laughs> the noise was was definitely an issue. Um, we have uh, a, a, an incredible stunt team. Um, Alex Terzif is our is our uh, stunt coordinator, and Keith Cox is our our fight choreographer, and they're very good at working with the actors and figuring out what they can do and choreo- choreographing the fights that way. Um, Joe Pierre, who played Chief Eddie, obviously got a, a stunt double uh, for the high fall. Yeah. Um, Katie O'Brien does not need a stunt double. That was all her. Um, I was, people have been asking me, "Was like, was that all her?" I was like, "That was all her. She can actually, she can actually do all that stuff." Um, Didn't she have a sprained ankle at the time? Was that this episode? 
She did, um, and the that fight was actually the fight on top of the dam was actually the last thing we shot in the season um, because we kept you know we kept waiting to see if we could get a dam, and then we're like, all right, we have to shoot it. And I was actually Carl was like, just shoot it there. It looks enough like a, a dam. So yeah, showrunner call, shoot it, shoot it there, and yeah, so that was the last thing that was shot. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. Katie is exceedingly talented uh, when it comes Why, to fight choreography. <laughs> when it comes to fight <laughs> choreography, because that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. Because she, I mean, she trains. She can actually do that stuff. I, have you had her on? Yes. So you know her whole story and like the the bit with like um, the paddles. She was like, <laughs> she actually knows how to do CPR and use Does use she? different. Oh yeah, she knows how to do all that stuff. And and so you know. But she's good about it too because she was sitting there going, you know, I, you know, in reality, you'd take her shirt off, and I was like, I know a lot of people want us to take Warren's shirt off. But <laughs> I'm not going to take her shirt off. Let's let's just pretend that you don't have to take her shirt off as long as you can get it on skin. Like, Hashtag okay. Z Nation yeah. science. Z Nation science. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. basic and cable, not yeah, not, not premium cable. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag sensor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget what the agency that of uh, standards and practices. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag S and P. Yeah, S and P. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this reunion uh, because we get uh, we get to see uh, Ayala and Kurik back, and it was so you know we, we to come out of this dire situation where they've been captured and to see old friends again is really really rewarding, and uh, it was it was so nice. To see them and to see them sort of factor into how, yeah, new America and how that whole sort of system is breaking down, too. Because once it turns out that they didn't turn off the water on purpose, that, in fact, they are being bombed just like Pacifica and Altura. We're like, okay, yep, this is all Pandora. This is 100% Pandora's work. And this is a huge operation. This is how many targets have they hit just about simultaneously over the past... I have no idea what the passage of time is in this season. No, I have, no one does. <laughs> okay, thank you. Time is a human construct, yes. Katie. <laughs> it's the apocalypse. There's, there's no time. But over the past, I want to say like weeks, a month at most, and there have been ongoing sustained attacks on multiple targets breaking down an entire system like this is an incredibly intelligent plan i hate it it's real smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i really have been enjoying it though because you get to see just how the pieces work together oh yeah uh the biscuits are made at a bakery and they get their ingredients from a farm that which relies on irrigation from the dam Mm -hmm. and so taking out all of those it's just like seeing dominoes fall Mm -hmm. one by one Mm -hmm. but there's also the question of the secret ingredient which was provided to the farm and which we have no idea what that is or where it came from love it's love sure (laughs) love (laughs) like within the world of z nation i'm so mad that this plan is working because i want to see a functional numerica but i can appreciate the hell out of a well-thought plan Mm -hmm. fictionally (laughs) fictionally yeah it's a lot of fun to see, though. Yeah, yeah I can't. Just gotta wait. make sure to draw that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's left Kurok in a very interesting place because she wants to pack up and leave, which is kind of interesting. It's it's been a while since season two, but getting reunited with her father and you know with how how much is at stake, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting seeing. I feel like she's become a little bit more cynical as the years have gone by. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, you know, it's... Uh, what we wanted between the two of them was that they both had reasons for what they were doing and they were both good reasons and they were both right, but that they couldn't both exist at the same time. Um, and we wanted it to be different than... You know, my father is going down with the casino in in 210, and it was different in that, well, he can actually, you know, there is a reality in which he can succeed in what what he's doing, and it's actually the reality that we need to have happen if Numerica is going to stay together. Um, But she, you know, Couric has a point, too. You know, she needs to keep her people safe, and that's that's a different goal from the one her, her father has, so... Yeah, it made it made for some great scenes between those two. I thought. Yeah, and you bring up a really excellent point. And one of the things you know, we talked about it uh, the last time we met these characters as well. But a lot of times, the media, in terms of their portrayal of mm-hmm. Native Americans um, or Indigenous people, mm-hmm. it it's not great. <laughs> it's not. It's not kind. It's very stereotypical, and mm-hmm. you avoided that. Yeah, really it was. Well, it, well thank you. Um, it was something I was really concerned about going in, into the episode because I didn't want to do anything stereotypical. I didn't want to do anything that was going to smack of cultural appropriation. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, from, before I even start writing the script, I sat down with two of uh, my friends who um, a few years ago I directed a short that had uh, a, a Native American writer and producer and a Native American lead and I sat down with them and was just like help me <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to do this badly you know I don't want to do anything stereotypical and so we just had a conversation about what was going on I was particularly concerned about the spirit walking thing because I was like it's and because it's not actually a Native American thing and what are we saying it is and and so that led to a lot of the dialogue about well what are you Doc, what do you actually think you're doing? Because it's not, you know, it's not the thing that you think it we is. We went on a trip yeah. is what we did. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then, and, and also in terms of, like, the final ceremony, you know, what was that? Because, you know, you don't depict Native American ceremonies because it's sacred and it's not something you, you know, put on TV for entertainment. Um, and so, yeah, so I sat down with them and just sort of like, what are the pitfalls? You know, you don't want to be stereotypical. So you don't want to be generic. You want to be specific. Um, and I wanted to avoid saying, you know, this is a, you know, a spirit walk that, you know, you know, some yeah. white new age lady is going <laughs> to sell you yeah, on. Named Crystal with a K. Yeah, named Crystal, oh with, Crystal with a K. And so... You know, and part of it was, you know, and they were saying, too, it's like it's a zombie apocalypse. So that's not real. So we're already in a space where we can say that we're we're making stuff up. And also that this group of people are survivors from from other tribes. So they're also creating something new. So that gave us some space to uh, create something with with them that was authentic, but also true to the show and true to sort of the, you know, imaginative world of Z Nation. So I started with that. I, I wrote the script. I had, I, you know, had them give me notes on the script. Um, and then uh, when Tan and Sin, who plays Kuruk, got up to Spokane, we sat down 
um, in the restaurant at the Spokane Club where we were both staying and kind of went through the script again um, because, you know, she had a few concerns, not that many at that point, but I did make some adjustments, especially, you know, talking about the final ceremony as a ghost dance. We're like, well, it's not actually a ghost dance. It's, you know, um, and sort of how I had described it was more like, Powwow and not and not really ceremony, but it's really ceremony. So we kind of you know cl- clarified things there, um, and then um, we hired Michael Spears to, to play Black Black Hoof, and he's you know he's an actual medicine man. Um, so we sat down with them and uh, with Maliki who played Ashki. and and with Ton and Scene and kind of sat down and said, okay, what is this? What is this going to be? Um, and so Michael offered, he's also a singer and a drummer. So he, um, that was an original song of his that he ended up singing nice. at the end. And on the day when we were shooting it, the, our second, second assistant director, who's also has Native American heritage, spent some time with our background extras who, many of whom were, um, most of our background were, uh, Native American local tribes of Spokane, so Spokane tribe, uh, Nez Perce tribe, um, and she, you know, spent some time with them. They came up with that dance. So really, that whole last ceremony uh, was created by the Native American cast and Native American background. And um, we were shooting it. It was we started shooting on a Wednesday. That was a Friday. So. We were a little bit later in the day, and we had shot, you know, all the rest of the scenes of the day. We had shot all the dialogue for that scene, um, and we had pretty much lost the light. And so I asked the uh, special effects guys to turn up the fire as high as, <laughs> as, high as it would go. Um, luckily, we had, you know, gas-fueled fire, and so it went up pretty high, and we, we shot the rest of the scene by firelight. And it was really, I have to say, pretty, like, moving and magical because it felt like... Um, we had created something real uh, that that happened, and um, yeah, it's one of my favorite things that I've ever shot. Yeah, well, so. it was absolutely incredible. And ending the episode with that, this is the most peacefully mm-hmm. I want to say we've ended an episode in a long time, if yeah. not ever. I know. <laughs> I know. I was thinking at, at one point about giving Doc a line as they're like walking away at the end of giving Doc a line, something like, wait, you mean we didn't break it? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. we did, we, you know, we were, can we say we were near here when we, <laughs> when it comes up later on? Cause yeah. Just, it's yeah. The, the going trope, I guess, for this show is they show up somewhere and it either breaks because they're there or it breaks <laughs> and they happen to be there. Yeah. This entire season, with the exception of that initial bombing, has been everything is broken by the time they get to it. It's yeah. like the camera got there first and went, well, I'm here, time to break things. Yeah. And I'll there be along eventually. Yeah. This is the first time that they're going from place to place, and instead of leaving it in flames, they're fixing it as they go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Although That's I think that this was their first success in fixing the location. Yeah. The rest of them have just been, well, let's tamp the flames out and uh, get the refugees back to someplace safe. Fixing, putting out the fires, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like tomato and pasta sauce, really. 
That sounds delicious. <laughs> it um, does. I'm really hungry. <laughs> anyway. We're, it is at dinner time. So what sort of advice would you give to other television writers or people who are just aspiring creatives that want to tell culturally inclusive stories, what sort of advice would you give them to make sure that they avoid those cultural appropriation sort of pitfalls? Well, I think, you know, when when I started talking to my friends, I was like, you know, ideally um, this story would have been written by a Native American writer. Um, but since there wasn't a Native, uh, Native writer on our staff, you don't want to not tell you know, stories about Native Americans or, or show them, you know, have them appear on screen because we want to see yeah, you, all you the people. You shouldn't just ignore a you don't group wanna, of Exactly. People. You don't want to ignore them. Um, so I I would just say um, that's kind of the best thing I did was make space for the Native Americans in, you know, that we I was collaborating with on this episode to tell their story, to portray their culture in in a way that they thought was authentic and and true and just talk to you know most native writers i know are happy to talk you know or or filmmakers producers are are happy to talk because they you know they want good portrayals um and so it's you know listen (laughs) (laughs) make space ask questions ask for help i think that's it don't assume that you know um, if, if the, you know, if you don't have that particular particular background, don't assume that you know uh, what it is and how to portray it. Just you know, ask for help, ask questions, make I think space. Yeah, listen, listen is yeah. a very very important listen, component yeah. of that. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, so I do want to kind of come back to uh, Kuruk because a, a very interesting dynamic that we have, not only with her father that we have in this episode, is the sort of dynamic that she has with George, which is interesting because George trying to create this new nation is in many respects representative of George Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you guys have, have kind of very much leaned into that she's the founding father of this new nation yeah. of Numerica. Yeah. And so to have her go, you guys need to honor this agreement and to be met with this sort of opposition to be mm-hmm. like, why why should we believe you? Like, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no... I have zero faith in any institution's ability to keep its promise. Mm-hmm. Was that uh, an interesting dynamic to sort of explore? Yeah, I mean, that kind of came up... Um... It was something I wanted to to address in the script because um, we're going in. We don't want this sort of outsider slash white savior coming in to save these people, and I and I wanted to address that sort of ongoing issue that <laughs> that you know the indigenous people in our in our country have you know most of the treaties they made with the United States were broken by the United States. And so, I mean, that sort of, you know, when Couric says, don't say treaty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a, a bad word. And so it's, yeah, I, I did want to bring that up because that that was her her issue, basically. You know, that, you know, George's whole aim, whole idea is that we're stronger together. Um, and that's sort of what you see in that, you know, you have the bakery who gets the wheat, who gets the water, you know, that everything's interconnected, which means that if we, you know, acknowledge that interconnectivity and 
include everyone that we're stronger and Kirk's whole whole thing is like yeah that's a good idea I haven't seen it yet so <laughs> I, I'm skeptical because we've been promised that you know? reminded that's a great theory where's the practice <laughs> yeah. and she reminded me a lot of Addie in this episode is like get your head out of the clouds kid <laughs> yeah 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 so and it's you know it's another thing where she has a point and George has a point too and um, and no one's the bad guy here exactly yeah, yeah. I always really appreciate when there's conflict, but no one's necessarily wrong. Yeah. 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 Those are difficult, real-world, grounded issues to, yeah. ta- to yeah. try to tackle. Yeah. And there are no easy answers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what makes them so fun to write. <laughs> <laughs> Those multiple perspectives. I also like uh, kind of going off of, like, uh, the idea, like, maybe somebody should make sure that they're not run off the land that they're entitled to. Mm -hmm. That's very much the stance taken by Ayala. Mm -hmm. I loved seeing this character come back uh, and seeing her interactions with 10K. Because even though 10K is spoken for these days, like he's still a little bit of a flirt and he's Mm -hmm. still that awkward teenager. And to see her sort of wanting to help him but also wanting to get him to loosen up a little bit is mm-hmm. just was definitely a highlight of the episode yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. she led him around by the nose. It was <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. I, I read I read that as less I want you to loosen up and more what can I get away with? <laughs> I know where my lines are. Where are his? Yeah. And how far can I push them before he actually stands up for himself? Yeah. And the answer yeah. is eat, eat 45 degrees yes. at least. <laughs> Almost all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was definitely testing him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, you know, the idea was that, you know, he could be useful to her cause of, of uh, getting them to stay on the land. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to help you, my puppet. Yes. <laughs> I want to help you help me. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, talking about this, uh, she's helped, she not only helped bandage up his hand, which he needed medicine, so, you know, desperately in need of, uh, what's it called? Vaccines, bacteria, antibiotics. 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 That's not the word. Dying. <laughs> That's the not dying part, yeah. Definitely a plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's also, she also helped him create what's essentially a mount for his sniper. Now, where where did sort of the idea of like, okay, we need to give him something that functions as an appendage, but isn't quite a hand? How, how did you guys go about like workshopping what they could use to get him back to where he was functionally able to use his gun? Yeah, I mean, there is there is the idea that sort of started with this episode that he's going to try out, you know, different things until he gets to the point where someone can actually give him a a functioning hand, but. It was like okay, he he needs something now, um, and what is it that might be found in in this camp? So, um, I mean, there were a lot of things. I you know, at first, you know, we didn't expect like the lightsaber and gnome and things like that, but, <laughs> uh, which was a great little montage. Yes. Yeah, um, but it was like okay, what what could you find there? And um, we wanted, I wanted something. You know, we, we kind of brainstormed different things, and we wanted something that was functional and also kind of symbolic. Um, and, you know, that that that's how we came up with it. I think it was 
originally an antelope antler there was something about speed and loyalty you know something like that and then it became the we're like well it was when I was working with the props department for them to come up with what that was and how it was going to attach that they were like actually that's what you're thinking of as a deer horn so (laughs) yeah so you know they found various deer horns and came up with different ways to um attach it to to his hand and yeah, it turned out. Yeah, turned out well. And then when I when I looked at you know because I was just like googling online different horns, and I was like, well, that one if you do it like this, you know, has these two prongs, and this one's kind of pointy, so it could be various things. I mean, he's used a slingshot. You know, just kind of looking at it, going, okay, what? Can, how could you use that? And that you know, it was sort of, and it was also like, how's she going to sell it to him? <laughs> how's as, she going to pitch it to as, him as the thing? Yeah. So part of it is like, what's the most utilitarian? And the other thing is like, she's like, how can I convince him to get the most ridiculous thing? Well, you know, he didn't go for the egg beater. (laughs) I thought the egg beater was a nice callback. (laughs) uh, I really appreciated this moment because losing his hand has been absolutely devastating. And having a character like Ayala that can take sort of the the grittiness and darkness in life in stride kind of with a smile mm-hmm. i feel like she was the perfect person for this mm-hmm. moment yeah 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 it turned out it turned out really well and you know um tinsel Corey, who plays ayala just has a very good you know has great comedic timing and so it sort of turned into you know a little bit of a romantic comedy uh montage with with the hand bit um <laughs> That I really, you know, didn't expect, but really liked what she, what she did, how she, you know, what she brought to that. It was just like, okay, this is, this is practically how we, how we're going to figure this out. Yeah. It worked really well. It was <laughs> a thing of wonder. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, now we have this little, you know, two scenes of a rom-com in, in this, you know, <laughs> international <laughs> espionage movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It was much much appreciated. Uh, again, Z Nation is lighthearted and cartoony and fun, but it's had its dark moments. So mm-hmm. when we get moments of levity like this, it's, it feels earned. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, having them interspersed throughout this episode, like we start this episode going, oh my God, they're going to die. Everything is terrible. And then Doc gets shot in the butt. <laughs> And that just kind of, oh no, he's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because getting shot in the arm or in the chest is scary. Mm -hmm. Getting shot in the butt is funny. And that's kind of when it just loosens up a little bit. So that, the montage, the I feel old and really stoned. Like just so much good comedy interspersed in here right when you need it. Oh yeah, good, good. Thank you. And the, the payoff is excellent too because at the end, who is it that saves George from the saboteur? It's 10K. You know, now adequate, now adequate, now an adequate sniper again. Yeah, yeah. He makes a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that really was psychological for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like a lot of it really was in his head. So, Mm Getting back to sort of a good place mentally as well as yeah. getting this new tool. Like, it's those two things coming together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, excellent payoff. <laughs> I just, I, this isn't quite apropos of nothing, but it's been on my mind and I don't have an answer for this. What did the tribe do with their talkers when they turned? 
Because we had the character become a talker. Right. And then later on, we had the ceremony welcoming the talkers back into the tribe. So what what was in yeah. the interim there? Well, they basically what they did was send their talkers to work in the dam and do maintenance and keep it there. And they weren't functioning as, like, warriors or protection for the rest of the tribe. It was like they need to be separated from us. And so they're going to they're gonna go up there in their own world, which isn't, you know, down in the dungeons of the dam. Um, and then the ceremony at the end was welcoming back, you know, as sort of full members of the tribe and not something separate anymore. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I liked the moment where we're having the spirit walking and the the way that we're we're able to sort of make, you know, make the that they're able to make themselves known is by, you know, communicating with the talkers that are there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a little bit closer to that veil, yeah. so they're like, there's something going on right now. Yeah. Although it's interesting that you guys made the choice that talkers were only could only sense them being there mm-hmm. as opposed to actually being able to see or hear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that part of the discussion, too, of like, how, how close to the veil do we want to make these guys? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of... Um let's say degrees of deadness. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 10K's a little dead, Warren's a little dead, Murphy's a lot of dead. I mean, on one hand you have alive, and on the other hand you have mercied, and everything else is a spectrum. You know, which is also, you know, uh, Ashki alludes to when he says, you know, grandfather's in the spirit world, and he knows knows (laughs) Warren. You know, they're all all a little bit dead, and it was like, well, okay, they, they, but the people who are spirit walking, they're not, they're, their spirits aren't separated from their body because they're dead. Yeah, they're not their, ghosts. Their spirits yeah. are separated from their body because they're doing, you know, they had this concoction that Ashki came came up with so that they could do, you know, basically have this, I don't know, practical hallucination? <laughs> I don't know, and sort of manifest in, in, manifest in this realm. But they're they're not dead, and so it's you know they're it's it's different than being a zombie or being a talker or being dead dead. Um, and so we didn't want them to to be. Yeah, we didn't want them to be the same as talkers. So it was just like a yeah. different, just another you can't different, make it too another easy. variation. Yeah, exactly. And also, you can't make it too easy. <laughs> Okay. And kind of touching on like the sort of rom-com sort of moments, uh, you know, we do get a little bit of that rekindling romance between Kirk and Doc. Yeah. And uh, I like the, the indication that, hey, maybe this could be a place to settle down someday. Yeah. If yeah. settling down becomes a thing again. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That was such, I mean, it was such a sweet scene. And uh, Russell did such a great great job you know he's usually the comic relief but he was so like heartfelt and sincere um in that scene and um yeah he was I mean he's great whenever whatever he does but um it was really nice to see that color from him uh, you know and have that that little bit of little bit of emotion a little bit of of hope for something (laughs) for something different so yeah it was really it was really sweet and yeah fun to shoot we are running a little short on time, so I, I want to ask a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, my main one is, uh, what was your favorite behind-the-scenes moment for this episode? Um, Behind-the-scenes. Well, I think it was just the making of that last ceremony and, and watching all the different pieces come together and, and everyone in the crew who was part of, you know, making that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just just shooting that. I mean, it was... 
I was like teary eyed. A lot of people were teary. We're just like, what? It's magical. This is happening. <laughs> yeah, and that you know that we got to shoot because we were like running out of time and running out of out of light and. You know, you have the the lion producer standing there, you know, looking at his watch, time, and they're like, "You don't, you're not in magic hour." And was just, five minutes and, ago, and then just and him just going, "You don't have light," and I'm like, "Watch this, we will <laughs> turn make up light. the fire." It's <laughs> exactly like that. Um, but yeah, just sort of because I sort of had in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I think you know, in case we run out of light, I was like, maybe we can turn up the fire, and then it ended up working. So that was, yeah, that was pretty magical moment. Yeah. Uh, Katie, do you have any more questions? No, I got mine out. So, uh, real quick, we're going to go ahead and go into some real quick rapid fire predictions for next week. <laughs> Our haunted now, studio! <laughs> I will forever love the light show. Katie, what do you think is going to happen next week? I. Robo zombies. <laughs> I don't. What? <laughs> It's finally happening. We we watched the preview that they do right after the episode, and we watched the nice little minute and a half clip that Sci-Fi has gotten into the habit of releasing on their YouTube channel. And I just, yeah, we're we're integrating technology with talkers, cyborg zombie, cyborg zombie, tech talks. I love it. I am it's so excited. Be a thing, it's gonna be terrifying and probably somewhat hilarious because this is Z Nation and aside from that I have no idea I predict many a Terminator reference and I can't oh, wait <laughs> Terminator <laughs> I just, yeah <laughs> well Jen I can't say thank you enough for taking the time to join us tonight is there anything else you want to say about directing this episode or about uh, the season as a whole that you would like to f- the fans to know um I don't think there's anything else about this episode. I would just say, you know, from a, a, the point of view of, the, of writers and directors on this show, I, I think we're all just really excited about the direction um, it's going this this season and um, how we're able to, to talk about current events, you know, with sort of the politics of Numerica. Um, and also, we're just so kind of thrilled with how Katie's been portraying George and and the response to that new character because we all really like her a lot. Yeah. She's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's been fun to watch and I can't wait to see what you guys have in store for the next rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, what is that? Four, four episodes? episodes? Oh my gosh. Where did the time go? As far as we know, it's four episodes. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Uh, so, Jen, uh, thank you again. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you? I'm on Twitter on at Jen Elder, J-E-N-L-D-E-R, and also kind of on Instagram. It's the same <laughs> handle. Instagram-ish. Instagram-ish. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank Kate, you. Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on an Overwatch podcast called On The Point. Uh, guys, and if you haven't already done so, don't forget to go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it's the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. Be sure to follow Michelle at Michelle underscore Cullen on Twitter and at Awkward underscore Photographer on Instagram. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the TheMengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I do a podcast that's a lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, so you should give that a listen as well. Thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next time.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.